stand as we sing. There's no darkness in your eyes. There's no question in your mind. God
become the light that shines in us. There's no darkness in your way, so have it all away. Good morning. Welcome to Conduit. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Today we celebrate and proclaim again that Jesus is alive and overcame death. He is the light of the world. Can we pray together? Lord, by your plan, by your power, you raised your son from the grave. He is the resurrection and the life. And we give you thanks and praise in the authority and in the majesty of the name of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Christ the Lord, let's sing together. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Sons of men and angels say, Hallelujah. Raise your joys and triumphs high. Hallelujah. See ye heavens and earth reply. Like him, I 
death is beaten, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. Empty cross, the empty cross, the empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. He's alive. Join the one 
existed in all of their vast array. The stars shined with all of their splendor and called them each by name. All heaven and all creation sang the praises of the King of heaven. Then just before day seven, man was formed from the dust of the ground and he heard God speaking face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Soon man was tempted and life hit a dead end. Fragmentation and chaos were born and unity with God was torn and smashed. Broken and cre fragmented creation, broken, lamented, and we all groaned for the love and worship that once consumed our planet. But then all of a sudden, even though we didn't plan it, God did the unexpected and sent his son to earth to be rejected, that man and God could be reconciled once and for all. The tragedy of the fall could be reversed. Creation burst forth with joy at the cry of a baby boy. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. God with us, God chose to come near. No more reason to fear and step by step, he made his way up to Skull Mountain, the only way that heaven's fountain could be released in the hearts of the broken. He was stricken 
he was bruised. He refused to give in to temptation. He refused to deny the whip and the pain. He received our shame and condemnation without any hesitation or contemplation. He died. He cried. He was denied. He told them he'd be back. He told them to hold on. But despair won the day. The revolution. The victory. Maybe it was all just talk. Maybe it was all just a show. But confused and broken, they didn't know. On day three, something happened that just couldn't be. The ground shook and the tomb jolted open. The Savior burst forth from the grave, for he is mighty to save. The ground shook. He won the day. The debt for sin was paid in full. Now full of the Spirit of God, he reigns on heaven's throne, ready to deliver all those who would Confess the name, the name above every other name, Jesus, our King and our Messiah.
grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested, my life began Oh, your grace, oh, your grace, so rejoiced as though heaven had lost but then Jesus arose with all freedom in hand that's when death was arrested and my life began oh your grace so free washes Thanks today. Thank you, Father, for what you have done 
in raising your son from the grave. And in that hope, we have hope because you promised that we would have that same resurrection someday. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. may be seated. Thank you. Oh, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Happy Easter. Are you with me? Let's try this again. All right, it's going to go back down. Hi. 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 Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Happy Easter. Come on. Oh, if you can't get excited about, well, yeah, if you can't get excited about today, uh, you can't get excited. Uh, and I know the atmosphere, the environment is uh, <laughs> hard to get excited about. I was expecting warm and sun, and we got cold and no sun. But it fits with the theme a little bit. So this morning, I want to ask you to turn to Luke uh, chapter 24. And uh, if this is your first time here, my name is Pastor Corey, and we are so glad to have you. I uh, hope you're hungry. I've been smelling these amazing smells uh, being cooked downstairs uh, for our breakfast after. So if you're new and you didn't know we were having breakfast, surprise! Breakfast burritos from the food truck and some amazing donuts and muffins and all kinds of other stuff that's been made. You'll hope that you'll stay after so, my daughter, uh, Eden, uh, she has quite the personality, and uh, she has this way of, of just taking me and everything that I am and just wrapping it right around her finger, right? She has a special place in my heart, as all my children do, right? Uh, but, but she has this way about her that um, just kind of woos me in every time. And we have this new thing recently where loves games, like, but not like board games or just like run around games, but, but particularly hand games, similar to like hot hands if you played that, or uh, rock, paper, scissors, or paper, rock, scissors, however you, uh, wherever you grew up, probably say it different. Uh, and so every night uh, we will cuddle, we'll do prayer, we'll do uh, your highlights of the day, your one-up acts, and then she always wants to play rock, paper, scissors. Right? And, and I think, I thought it was kind of because of like the competition aspect, but I think I've discovered that it's not that at all. So we're playing and just like almost every night. Um, in fact, if you want to ever connect with Eden, just get down on your knee, even today, and just say, you ready, Eden? And she'll be like, she'll light up and she'll be ready to go. So we start playing rock, paper, scissors, shoot, right? It's an, it's an amazing game. I was this close. This close to having a rock, paper, scissors tournament right now. But I'm going to save it because I don't have a whole lot of time. You're lucky. Next time, maybe we'll do it, all right? But we're playing this game, and we're going along. And usually I win because, right, I outsmart her, outsmart her. Like, I know where she's going. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm winning. And all of a sudden, she stops the game, and she leans into me, and she says, Dad, she's like, Dad, will you be paper? Right? So here we go. All right, all right, sweetie. This is the last, this is the last time we're playing, and I'm, I'm done for the night. Uh, so we go, 
rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Crush her scissors, because I'm savage. Yes. Just kidding. I totally did paper. <laughs> I totally did paper, and she cut me, and she won, and that was the end of it. You see, for her, for her, she wanted so badly to know that she wins at the end. Um, conduit, we win. We've won. We win in the end. We win right now. And here's the best part. It's like, no surprise, spoiler alert, Jesus is risen. Like, death has been conquered. But even now, today, in 2018, what we can celebrate isn't just this like, okay, let's get excited about what happened 2,000 years ago. Or even the reality of a resurrected Savior that lives inside of us has completely changed us. Past that, this Jesus is coming back. This is essentially us leaning into the heavens and saying, God, will you be paper? Will you be paper? We know the end. We win. Good guys win. Bad guys lose. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. There's this phrase that has been uh, kind of rocking me to the core, not just because of the phrase, but because of life and feeling. And I'm, I know you can relate. And this morning, as we theme this idea of, of dark to light, um, hopefully you have this understanding, as I do. And I know you're in Luke. You're in the, you're in the uh, 24th chapter of Luke, which is the account of the resurrection. Um, and you don't need to turn here, but in John chapter 20, it's John's account of the resurrection. And verse 1 says this. Now on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, which is today, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while... It was still dark. While it was still dark. If we ever have the best depiction of Easter time weather-wise, we, we've got it, right? Even in planning, we, I'm sure you're the same. Like, what are we going to do for Easter this year? And, you know, back in January, February, like, I don't know. Will we still be buried in snow? Will we have flowers we, we don't you just don't know but there always seems to be this somewhere around Easter sometimes it's early sometimes after things just begin to change but sometimes like even today like even today the forecast said full sun nope what we anticipated in what we leaned in said God can you be paper we thought we knew, but even in weather-related, gives us a picture of how she felt on that morning. It was still dark. Hope was still lost. Imagine, just emotionally, for that moment in these last few days, hopefully, um, if you were here for Good Friday, we tried to create, which sometimes is, a, is hard work, knowing that Jesus did rise, to celebrate or remember what Christ did on Friday, these, these few days here, they're kind of difficult to walk through. Because, like, we know the end. We know he's going to be paper. We know the end. We know we win. We know there's a celebration to be had. We know Sunday's coming. But in that moment, in that tension, in that darkness, there's this feeling 
that all of us know all too well. The silence, the darkness. It, is this, is this going to get any better? Okay, so when does this start turning around? Like, when am I going to start feeling better? When are they going to change? When am I going to change? When am I going to stop doing this? When is this going to stop doing this? When it, can we get some help? There's this tension in this moment that even Mary Magdalene felt. She went early. It was dark. Um, this feeling of being alone. Pastor Cameron walked us through this on Friday. Uh, some of the greatest... Um, arrows that Satan shoots our way is the idea, the complete falsehood, that we are alone. And Mary Magdalene in that moment was alone. It was still dark. Disciples had fled. Jesus' friends, his followers, those even that had been healed, had been affected greatly, either fled or they didn't know what to do. In that period of time, in that darkness, in those few days, they had no idea how to react. So many of them scattered. It's this idea of, of the darkness consuming us. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's unclear, sometimes it's something we feel. Maybe it's a complete reality of where we're at. And maybe you're here today, and I know it's Easter, and I don't know we're supposed to get excited, and I know we're supposed to smile. And I know we're supposed to be so, like, jumping for joy. But you may be here in the reality and the authenticity of your heart. And you may be hurting, hurting bad. You may be so lost. You may be so confused. You may feel so alone. And I just want you to know, uh, conduit, um, from the pastors, from the staff, from the leadership team to this church, we, we care so deeply for you. And we want to walk with you. We want to embrace you. We want to stand beside you. Um, we want to help you in any way we can. We all get there. So, sometimes, well, the reason we get there is because it's, sometimes it's a reality that we live in. Sometimes it's just the way we feel. And I would dare say that Mary Magdalene and these disciples, these followers, felt a certain way. <laughs> They'd been told, Jesus himself, I'm going to rise again. <laughs> like, what was their thought? Like, oh yeah, totally metaphorically, yeah, yeah. Or, or like, did some of them actually believe? But in this moment, like, no matter what they believed, in this moment, they forgot. They forgot. Most of them had to like literally be reminded by seeing Jesus and then being like, oh yeah, right. Savior of the world, most significant event in human history. I've got distracted. I missed that. Or I, I've got a lot on my plate, Jesus. Like I got a lot going on. I missed the point that you had said that. I, I think that they, 
either forgot or were so consumed with how they felt or that darkness that they forgot about the light. So you're in John, uh, excuse me, you're in Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. It says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found a stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. What great news. Remember how he told you? Hey guys, remember how he told you? While he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified on the third day he would rise. And they remembered. <laughs> uh, guys especially. This is like right down our alley. Like, oh yeah. And then they remembered his words and they returned to the tomb and they were told all these things to the, they told all these things to the eleven. And to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the other women who went with them and told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed like an idle tale. Are you serious? How could this be real? They did not believe them. But Peter rose. But Peter rose. <laughs> and he ran to the tomb. I could park there for like four hours, but I'm not going to. But Peter rose and he ran to the tomb, stooping in and looking in, and he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had just happened. Marveling at what just... So they're stuck in this moment. They're stuck in this, 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 like, this space where they weren't sure what to think. They didn't know, even though they had been told, and even though, as it just said, they, like, they kind of remembered, they didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't know about the light that was supposed to come, that was going to come. Now, until 2,000 years ago, until 2,000 years ago, the cross was the worst way to die. Still is, like from a fleshly standpoint. Until 2,000 years ago, um, until 2,000 years ago, there was this idea that, like, you don't, like, people don't rise from the dead. Maybe metaphorically, but not actually, not literally. Even though Jesus said he was going to, they still it went over their head. Until 2,000 years ago, this all felt like, oh, yeah. This guy was amazing. He was a great teacher. He was a great healer. He said he was God. And you know what? Maybe in reality he was. But oh, those were the good old days. Those were so good. In fact, my guess is that when the disciples scattered, I bet they gathered together, huddled up in some place, reminiscing about what all Jesus on this earth had done. That this is it. That was good, wasn't it, guys? It's this idea that the darkness they're trying to redeem that's right before them, they miss the light that's coming. Now, I, I have a simple idea, a simple illustration I wanted to, to point out this morning with this spotlight uh, of a friend named Jordan Spencer, and he uh, let me borrow this rather 
pricey uh, spotlight to just simply show this to you. And it, it worked a lot better when I practiced this when the room was dark. Uh, but you'll get the point. You'll get the point. It's a really neat uh, thing as it shines. And, and do me a favor, like never look in this way, like this. Um, you'll, that would be the last time you'll look anywhere. Um, I learned that from experience. But it's this neat, uh, this neat idea of like how on a stage you use these different uh, lights or color lights or, or uh, small or big. And obviously the farther you are, the larger the light is cast. Um, there's something, there's a lever. It's not even a button. It's just a lever. It's a simple function of what this light is that reminded me of what we're trying to talk about this morning with dark to light. It's a simple lever, and it does this. If you just watch closely, if you watch my hand or you watch the light, you'll get the effect either way. It's pretty amazing, right? Are you ready? We'll do it again. Yeah. You're amazed, aren't you? In reality, when I look into when I look into this, I'm trying to from a from a scientific actual perspective, I'm trying to see what does this lever actually do? And it's actually really beautiful when you look in it because it's basically these three uh, metal pieces that kind of they, they turn in a circle almost like a, a James Bond looking kind of thing and it just closes together and it literally shuts out the light but then it also does this other thing where when the light is shut out it does this thing as it opens it begins to reveal the light I know it's pretty amazing right you're like blown away too. Yeah. So do you know what this thing is called? It's, it's, a, it's a really hard, to name, hard name to pronounce. Um, this, this actual piece in there that opens and shuts, it's called opening. <laughs> it took me a really long time to Google and find that answer. That's actually what it's called. An opening creates this opportunity for light to come out. Jesus came to bring the light. And death was his opening. You see, Jesus stepped into a place metaphorically. He stepped into a spot where he was willing to be the light even if that darkness had to consume him first. If that's ever a picture of the gospel, th like that's it right there. That he had to essentially land, lay on the grenade and for his body to be completely dead in order for everyone else to be saved. It's this idea that darkness had the opener the opening had to cover Jesus. Death, the tomb, had to cover Jesus. And the best depiction of the tomb that was rolled, in, or the, the, the stone that was rolled in front of the tomb is this idea that that light was completely shut off. Jesus died. I love when you, you can't look directly at it, but when you begin to open the opening, this mechanism, it creates an actually more powerful light. Maybe you've seen this. 
Maybe you've seen this. Maybe you saw this this past summer. Any eclipse watchers here? Um, any blind people that are now blind because of that event? Um, I don't know if you created like a cereal box uh, telescope or what you did, um, but there was this eclipse that all of us were like, we wanted to be a part of, but we were just like, just don't look at it. Like, especially with your kids, like, don't look at it. Well, the reason why it was so powerful was that when the opening came, when the opening came for the sun to be blocked just for a moment, it intensified that light going forward. The opener, the opening, intensified the light going forward. I want to make an argument this morning, in my nine brief moments that I have left, that it's the actual, it's the opening that makes our light intensify. It's the darkness that makes our light more intense. You see, without the bitter, there'd be no sweet. It's this idea of death, burial, and resurrection, and, and death, burial, and resurrection. It's this idea of going down and coming up. It's this idea of descent and then resurrection. It's this idea, you love my list. Uh, it's this idea of sorrow. But in the morning comes joy. We can't experience joy unless we understand and have been through sorrow. And so Jesus is this ultimate reminder. That it's not just light all the time. It's this idea that through, there's been an opening. There's been a death. There's been a darkness that has now revealed and intensified the darkness to the point where your light now shines farther. It shines on more people in a more intense and effective way as it was for Jesus as it is for us. This idea that joy can't happen without the sorrow. This idea that dawn can't happen without the dusk. This idea that we cannot be restored unless we truly understand that we are ultimately broken. You see, for Jesus, he would say, if I have to be broken so that the light can shine through the cracks, so be it. May that be you. If I have to be broken so that that light can shine more intensely, that light can shine to my friends, to my family, to my coworkers, to this city. If it causes me to be cracked open, so be it. Are you willing? Are you willing? Because here's the thing. It's fun to have the light shine on you, specifically this time of year at a beach um, with a nice chair in the water hitting your toes. Preferably way more southern than the Carolinas because it's probably still freezing there too. But this idea of light hitting us, it's called. But for light to go through us, we need an opening. For light to go through us, we need a crack. For light to travel through us, we need broken. In order for restoration ha to happen, we have to be broken. In order for us to be consumed with happiness, we first need to be consumed with grief. Or not necessarily. These are not necessities for happiness. Maybe this is just the human experience. In order to truly understand consuming happiness, you have to understand consuming grief. In order to understand overwhelming exuberance, you have to understand an overwhelming heaviness. Are you with me this morning? Do you understand? Do you embrace this idea? Do you understand or feel this idea? Like it's 
dark. It feels so heavy. It feels like, yeah, I got all kinds of openings in my life and it's blocking the light and it feels so intense. But if I have to be broken so that I can shine through the cracks, so that light can shine through the cracks, then so be it. In order to understand utter bliss, we have to first go through utter confusion. Sometimes to, to, to really receive the reality of have to understand the reality of trial in order sometimes to understand that what clear skies or clear ways look like we have to go through the storm we have to embrace we have to understand and we have to completely see that the opening the darkness the thing in our life has actually taken that light farther in order to understand order, we have to understand the chaos. In order to have a beautiful flow, everything's got to be all damned up. In order to understand peace, we have to understand the battle. Are you with me? Do you understand this? Are you getting this? Are you, are you like, can you identify? Because for me standing here, I get it. I get it. And there's these moments like the darkness, the hardship, the trial. Uh, when you're in it, it's hard to see through it. And you realize you're trying to move that, like, okay, God, thanks for the opening. Like, the opening that is now, open, like, in the light, like, I get it, but may, may that light go through me even if it has to break me. That was Jesus, and that's what he's inviting us to on mission. Not in order for us to have salvation, not in order for us to be happy, not in order for us to gain some um, badge from the Lord. Jesus came to do that so that we don't have to actually die. But he'll take our life, an abundant one. He'll take our every moment and he'll redeem that. He'll shine through that. So it's these moments right here where we recognize that the dark actually helps us understand the light. Um, Jesus went on to uh, walk in the next uh, little bit here. It says that he, on the road to Emmaus, he, wa he walked with a couple guys that, a seven-mile journey, um, that they didn't even know it was Jesus. And I won't get into that too much, but I love the, the idea, like, Jesus walked with these two guys, and they didn't even know it was him. Somehow, some way. And they eventually, after the journey, Jesus was saying, well, I got to keep going. They're like, no, 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 you should come in and stay. You should come in and spend the night. And he did. And when he revealed himself to those guys, their eyes were open and they remembered what he told them. And they went and told the rest of the disciples. And then there began this process of how Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, appeared before all of his followers, before all of his disciples. Pick it up in um, verse uh, 36, as they were talking about these things, Jesus stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they, they were startled and frightened, and they thought they saw a spirit. Do you imagine? I mean, I know we read this, and it's like Easter, like, oh, it's so nice, what a great... But, like, these guys were scared to death. They thought they saw a ghost. And Jesus said, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? See? See my hands? See my feet? It is I myself. Touch me and see. For the spirit and flesh does not have bones 
or the spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And he began to eat fish. I love this idea. Like he's proving to them that he's alive. Not just in spirit, but in the actual fleshly form. And the way that he does it is he shows these scars. This idea that Jesus came and he was broken so that the light would shine through him. He like literally showing them holes in him. Like I wonder if he was like, guys, check it out. Like I I wonder what his mindset was. Was that like a lighthearted moment or was that a heavy moment? I don't know. I imagine it being a funny moment. Be like, guys, check it out. Um, But this idea of scars, he showed his scars. Scars in this room. Here's the here's the the beautiful thing about scars. I see no blood. Here's the beautiful thing about Jesus' scars. There's no blood. Life has already been given. His scars, your scars, are a beautiful reminder, not actually about the wounds. They're a beautiful reminder of the healing. And this morning, and this morning, may you come in and may you go literally from dark to light, from death to life. This idea, this beautiful idea, this beautiful transformation. Not because you just say, okay, I'm going to have a good attitude. It's all going to work out. But may this morning, you have this idea, this, this, this awakening of what it looks like to go from dark to light. Is you seeing your life and those scars as scars. Look at your own life. Do you see blood? Come for healing. But once he's healed you, once he's healed you, there's scars. And those scars are a beautiful reminder of his healing, not a beautiful reminder of your wounds. So maybe you're here this morning and you heard nothing else I say. You need to hear that. You come in wounded. Let him heal you. Let him heal you. He's alive, not just for his attention, but so that he could put that attention back on you, through you, so that he could heal your wounds. So that those would be reminders in your life, your heart, your mind, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you've been through. Stop acting like they're bleeding and you're bleeding out. You're not bleeding out. Let him heal you. You're going to be just fine. Let him touch you. Let him, let him reveal himself to you and his character so that very thing, like that thing that you went through, that darkness that you went through, that opening that happened, that thing that literally like, oh, I can't take the darkness. May that be the reminder that your light now will go through that into greater moments and greater, um, deeper relationships with others that understand the reality of that. And may it be a reminder of your healing, not your wound. What does it look like for what does it look like for conduit? What does it look like for every single one of you here today to walk away and to live as as though Jesus is alive? I think it's this: the wounds that you have, you've come to an altar, you've come to an altar in your heart and your mind, and you've said to the Lord, "Heal me," and He will. And now you don't speak you don't speak of those wounds as if you're bleeding out. You speak of those wounds as if they're scars. Check this out. Look, look. That's what Jesus did. It was the best show in ever. Jesus showed the power of resurrection can heal. This morning, maybe you're here. Maybe you need a complete resurrection yourself. 
that Jesus died for you. He rose to save you, forgive you, to set you free. Let today be the day that you receive that, that gift, that beautiful gift that Jesus says that he is alive, but you can be alive forever and ever. The perfect gift of Jesus, the sacrifice that he laid out for you. And then secondarily, if you're here today and you've already made a decision to follow Christ and you're bleeding out, come. Come to a place where you'll be received in love and you'll be received with understanding that we all have wounds. And may you see a risen Savior who had wounds and literally did bleed out so that you don't have to. That, that he healed himself. That his Father raised him from the dead. And may you believe even now the gospel. May you believe now that he can heal you and heal your wounds. That he wouldn't just save your soul. He would save your soul and heal your hurt. May you lean into that today. May you not be distracted by anything else. Jesus is glad that you're here. Holy Spirit is glad that you're here. God the Father is glad that you're here. And you look handsome and beautiful. And you look great and you're happy and you're smiling. And we're all ready for breakfast burritos. But Jesus is more concerned before you go back there, that you come up here. He wants to see the scar in you because it's a reminder not a reminder of your wounds. So Jesus, I just ask right now, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name and that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord, King, Messiah, and Creator God, we understand that as we walk into these moments, we begin to think about all those wounds or all those things that are, are surfacing, even maybe right now. <laughs> Do not let us leave. Would you just in this moment? Heal us. Would you touch us? Would you bring us to a place of resurrection and life? That he that has the Son, Jesus, if we got you, we got life. And if I have to be broken, so that the light can shine. So be it. So be it. In Jesus' name. If you need prayer, I just encourage you to come forward and kneel and pray. If you need to pray with one of the pastors, come see us in the front as well. Will you stand as we sing? my mind to Calvary.
where Jesus bled and died for me, I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone praise the name Forever. 
praise Jesus. We thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, my name is Cameron. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, again, I want to just show our appreciation for you coming and worshiping with us this morning at Conduit. Um, the altar is still open, and Pastor Corey and myself and others will be available to pray with you or pray for you uh, if you desire that. Uh, we also want you to know that um, you know if you don't have a church home, if you're here visiting us this morning, and um, and would like a church home, you know Conduit is uh, is a place where uh, we all have we all have the holes, right? We all have we all have the wounds. And we're, uh, we're all together in one gospel community, living with Jesus, walking with Jesus, allowing him to heal us over time. Um, in a couple of weeks, we have uh, some new small groups starting, some new community groups that we'd love to get you plugged into. And we meet here every Sunday morning uh, at 10 a.m., rain or shine, no matter what the weather's doing out there, uh, we're meeting together in here. So um, we're so grateful to have you here this morning. As Pastor Corey uh, already told you, we have, uh, we have some food for you on your way out. So you saw the food truck in the parking lot over here. Uh, as long as it's not raining outside right now, there'll be there'll be um, breakfast burritos for you out of the window in the food truck. We also have donuts and muffins and juice and coffee and tea and uh, and all of that. Go ahead and grab a handful of that stuff. Um, it was made uh, it was made very lovingly and with with a lot of care, uh, anticipating uh, you being here. So uh, we're grateful to see you this morning. We hope uh, that you go. We're confident that you go in the face, faithful expectation that the wounds both of your emotions but also the eternal wound of your soul will be healed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has risen. The darkness has been flooded away with the light of God. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you, Lord Jesus, for the victory that we have in Jesus. The victory over death, the victory over, grave, over the grave. The sting of death has been taken away through the light of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us also, will raise us from the dead as we proclaim faith in Jesus Christ this morning. It is in his name that we pray. Amen.